Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Dynamite Post Show for May 3rd, 2023. I am your host, Shady, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Wednesday evenings, wherever you may be. And joining me, as always is my new venue administration coordinator. This man is going to be filling the ice bins. He's going to be taking care of social media, the PR. He's going to be greeting people as they walk into the venue. He's even going to be helping Titus in the kitchen. Jesse, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How you feel, bro? I feel good, man. I feel refreshed. I feel refreshed. I feel good. Second? Does this job pay more? Does it pay more? Uh, maybe. I don't know, man. Uh, being that we're the number one show in the entire community, man, maybe I should spot you a couple. I, I don't know. Maybe We'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure it some out. some of this bomb that just came through, man. Look at that. Uh, oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Billy Sizane with a $100 super chat already. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. 
That's fucking fantastic. Billy, you don't even leave a message. He don't even leave a message, man. Billy, what's going on, brother? Thank you for your uh, incredible generosity. You guys can be like Billy. Get those super chats and we'll hang out at the end of the show. Uh, Jesse, what's going on on this Wednesday evening? Man, man. Big stuff, man. Did you see this fantastic show tonight? Bro? Oh, my God, man. I'm already being blasted about it on social media. You didn't, you didn't like the show. What's wrong with you? I have to disagree, J.D. Yeah. Oh but then, if, but then, if you like it, oh! If I this. like it, I, if I like it, man, you know. Listen, bro. After tonight's signing by TK, man, I don't want to hear that we're shills anymore. Okay, never again. We either hate it or we're shills. Which one is it? Can't be. Sound a little jelly, bro. You jelly now? Nah, nah, nah. We got a, we got a great thing over here, bro. There we go, man. Though I think our creative is uh, is really on point sometimes. I will say that, you know. I, I have to agree. Yes. I have to agree, man. Yes. Uh, the creative on this show, though, Jesse. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my God. We got another one. I can't even get a fucking word out of my mouth oh. there, man. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> this guy over here, man. William. William with a $100 super chat. William Seward. Oh, my goodness. He doesn't even leave a message. Two people dropping 100 bombs and no message. You guys, guys really must love me, man. Guys, look, check it out. I'm gonna open up the I'm gonna open up the fourth wall here for you. You guys drop these bombs on this channel. That's awesome. That's great. But guess what? I don't get a part of it. But there's a new deal going around. If you leave my name in the super chat and it's a bomb, he has to give me half of it. Now, when, when did when did this get written into your contract? I just implemented this right uh, now. I okay. just thought of it and okay. just threw it out there. Fantastic, fantastic. It's, yeah, off, well, it's off the script, bro. It, it, yeah, this fucking guy's using his own puns against me. Look at this it's, fucking it's guy. It's off the script. This fucking Any guy. bomb that comes in, put my name in the subtext somewhere in it, and uh, I get half. So let's do this again. Here we go. All right, who's up next? Who's up next? Um, uh, yeah, Jesse, this show creatively, man, uh, to me, a miss by our buddy TK. Not that it was a bad show. I mean, it's never a bad show. It's never uh, it's never Bruce Pritchard worthy. But, I mean, there was really nothing exciting on this show, man. Filled with predictability. I'm all, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Holy shit. I don't believe you guys, uh. man. You guys. Goodness, man. We got another $100 by MGM Bowling. Oh, my God. He's dropping threes like I was dropping threes today on the court with my guy, Genius, man. Let me make it a trifecta just because I love being here. Holy shit. Wow. This fucking guy, man. You guys are going crazy today, man. This show wasn't even that good tonight. It wasn't bad, but, man, the creative is uh, a little lacking in the excitement department. But we all know, man, if Tony Khan does anything great, if he does one thing better than anybody, I- I'm, I'm going to have to fucking stop the stream, man. Holy Whoa, shit. that's his first super chat. <laughs> this is crazy, man. You guys. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. You, you just put my name in it. You guys are crazy, man. David Rodis with a $139 super chat. Oh, oh my goodness. 
You I'm going got, broke over here, man. I got you, kids. You guys are crazy, man. You guys are fucking unbelievable. Uh, on a nothing show tonight, man. The, the I tell you, man. The support lately has been fucking through the roof. We're we're already on our way, man. Quickly, we'll be there hopefully by the end of uh, uh, backlash weekend. One hundred and forty six thousand subscribers. You guys are crazy, man. Thank you guys very much. Um, now let's get on with the show. Uh, if you guys want to keep getting them in, uh, you guys can do that. Uh, creativity, bro. Uh, the creative department lacking in the excitement department. Uh, not really all that good going into the pay per view. But like I said, if Tony Khan does anything great. He delivers on pay-per-view, but man, these shows have been just, they, they haven't, they haven't been dynamite, if you know what I'm saying. It, it's just, it's just lacking everywhere, man. And then tonight's show was filled with a little bit uh, too much unpredict, uh, too much predictability, whereas dynamite usually is unpredictable. You know, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really mesh well as far as, uh, you know, what dynamite is supposed to be. No, I, I agree, man. Um I just wasn't feeling this show as a as a as a whole, you know. And it, and it's I've they've got so much goodwill with me AEW yeah. that uh, I constantly try to sit there and you know make sense of it and say how it's not that bad. And up oh, there, we, yes, I get half. $100 bomb. He says, JD and Jesse rule, man. That is crazy. And we got Clucky. We got Clucky Rhodes making an appearance. Look at that, man. Coming on out, man. Look at that. Um, yes. Yeah, man. Uh, the creative on this show. I mean, it, it wasn't bad, but it, it's not where it's supposed to be. No. I mean, it, look, I guess take it as a, you know, a sentiment and what they normally give us. I expect better. Yeah. I do. I ex- I expect better. You can't get a banger show every week. I I get that, but this just kind of felt like we're gonna take the week off. You know, right after you said we're gonna celebrate selling forty five thousand tickets. This is this this is our celebration. Yeah, this is our celebration. I don't, I, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't even know where to start as far as uh, w- what to talk about as uh, the big takeaway from tonight's show. Honestly, the show was rather dull as far as happenings on the actual show. The happenings actually happened on social media all week for AEW. If it's not All In, it's Tony Khan. If it's not Tony Khan, it's Britt Baker and her T-shirt. You know, I guess we'll we'll get into that stuff. I'm really genuinely curious about what you feel about the Britt Baker T-shirt. I made a video on it yesterday. Uh, some people were calling me woke. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you get woke and then me. But uh, I, guess, I guess we'll start with the big thing that happened this week. And Tony Khan's been tweeting about it, and he should, because he should be incredibly proud of the work that he's done uh, for the entire company and proud of his roster that continues to show up every week. Bro, 43,000 tickets sold during AEW's presale. That was between yesterday and today, and they're not even on sale to the general public yet. That doesn't happen till Friday for Wembley Stadium, bro. They are nearing at least half. Damn it! We're we're nearing at least half. I'll get I'll I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Let, let's I'll get to Nick Williams. Um, that's it. That's almost half of the entire capacity of the stadium, bro. And they're not even on sale 
to the general public yet. That is an incredible feat. It's amazing, man. And we we know these we know these UK wrestling fans, man. This is gonna be something special, bro. Yep. Something. I I, I hope I get to be there. Um, well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Tony Khan announced today on social media that over 43,000 tickets have been sold for AEW's all-in show in London at Wembley Stadium. That was during yesterday's pre-sale. This is already a massive success for the company. It is uh, almost a $5 million. Actually, it is a $5 million gate in American currency. $5.7 million already uh, generated so far. And they're not even on sale for the general public yet, which is incredible in itself. The general sale Saturday, actually, Saturday, visit AEWTix.com, says the report. For more information, Tony Khan tweeted, and I quote, Thanks to our great fans, only 32 hours into the pre-sale for AEW All in London, we've already sold over 43,000 tickets, 5.7 million in revenue already before general on sale has even begun, with more great seats going on sale soon. Uh, And then, obviously, bro, a lot of people, you know, Moving the goalposts, as always, for Tony Khan. It's always it's always a situation of, oh, well, uh, it's it's London. They, they'd never get this in the United States. And, and then people and, and then people were comparing it to Clash at the Castle. I had some fucking goofball comparing it to Wembley. He, he legitimately told me if they don't outsell the original Wembley SummerSlam in 92, I deem it a failure. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? The, the, the this doesn't even exist. Anymore. I mean, it doesn't exist. And, and I mean, holy shit, man. Can we fucking be happy for the company? Four years in existence and they're already with a $5.7 million gate in one of the largest venues in the fucking world. And I, I don't understand, man. It's, it's amazing to me. Dax put it great. I can't even fucking add anything because he stole the words out of my mouth. He, he is flabbergasted about... How many people are out there legitimately wanting to see wrestling fail? Yes. It's it's unbelievable. Yep. Well, well, why 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 fans? Why why are you people moving back the goalposts? Like like every all these geeks, they thought, oh, they'll never sell. I, I doubt they'd even do thirty thousand. I mean, I mean, they blew that number away. Now, what's the problem? What is that? What else is there to complain about? What else are you going to to pin as an excuse as to why this is you know, isn't already a massive success? I try. I, I try to. I try to think of it in a in a competitive sports manner, in in the sense of as a so as a Vikings fan, I don't want to see Green Bay do well. So when Aaron Rodgers leaves my division and leaves my conference altogether, I gotta say that makes me pretty damn happy. But. I just don't get the relation of that to wrestling where, you know, I'm a, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the Jets fail or the, or the Packers fail and go out of business. I just want to make sure my team beats them. Yeah. So at the same time, if you get these WWE elitists where they, they don't want to see AEW beat WWE. Okay. That's fine. Cause WWE is your home team. But why do you want another organization to flat out fail? That makes no sense to me. That's not good for the business at all. No, it's not good for the. Uh, like I don't. I don't really understand what what people's problems are. Like I even said it to a couple of people publicly on Twitter. 
I, I said that there's going to be a lot of stupid fucking people on Tuesday morning when this this shit goes public with the pre-sale. A lot of people are going to be looking stupid. Dax put it perfectly. You know, the the other thing that people are talking about is, uh, oh, they'd never get away with this in the United States. Then the other thing is, Jesse, people were like, oh, Tony Khan bought all the tickets. These conspiracy theorists coming out, oh, 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 oh half, of the t- half, half of the tickets bought were from scalpers. I don't give a fuck. A ticket sold is a ticket sold. Those people will be in the venue no matter what. Th- those scalpers are going to have to unload those tickets, you know, one way or another. Well, like, where, where are they, they going to just materialize people and, and put them in the stadium? What, are they going to be fucking AI, computer-generated AI sitting there? Man, give me a fucking break. The pre-sale codes that went out were unique codes. Yes. To fans. Not everybody got them. Yeah. Fans got codes. Now, the scalpers, you know, will come into play on Friday, but these ticket sales were pretty much to the fans. Yeah. And I... This is, um, I might as well break this to you guys. Uh, I, I managed to get tickets to the show. What? I managed to get tickets to the show. I get tickets too. There you go. And uh, being that I got tickets to the show, uh, Jesse and I, uh, we are planning a getaway to London. Not not together. We're not flying together. But cool. we, 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 we will be there. And uh, I am, I am, yeah. Uh, I will be there, uh, and I hope so, and I'm planning the logistics of it so that everything works out uh, with my content, and content gets up uh, and gets uploaded, and I have the proper uh, setup where I can actually work, ground myself and work. That's the most important thing to me. Uh, but if all these logistics work out and I find uh, a nice hotel to stay at, which won't be in Wembley, I'll probably stay closer to the city, um, I'm looking at podcast studios as well for one show with Jesse and I and whoever else is there content creator wise. I'm looking for podcast studios uh, that I will be funding. And if anybody wants to help me with that, that that's out there that wants to be in on this, that's the more the more the merrier. Uh, but I'm looking for a big uh, AEW all in post show review at a beautiful studio, uh, fully done, uh, really professional looking. So. Uh, with that said, I, I'm, I'm actually getting everything ready to be out there. And there, if I'm out there, there will be a, a meet and greet. So We're going th- to London! Th- there will be a meet and greet, and it's going to be the biggest meet and greet of all time for us. So that Ooh. is, uh, is going to happen. So keep an eye on social media. Keep an eye on what I say on the channel. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be out there, and uh, hopefully that is the case. I'm also doing the same thing legitimately for Toronto. So I would... Uh, I would actually uh, keep an eye out on that. I've never been to the UK. I've never been to, to, to Toronto either. So uh, if everything goes well, I'll be in Toronto for Forbidden Door uh, as well. So keep an eye on that. But yeah, the scalper thing, I mean, these conspiracy theorists out there, the, the goalposts being moved. I'm very happy for Tony Khan. Very proud to be part of this journey. Uh, we've watched every Dynamite. I've been here for every show uh, to cover the post show after uh, Dynamite went off the air. Every pay-per-view We've been very fair with our criticisms of what is great, what is good, what is bad, and everything in between. Uh, We've seen the ups and the downs, but four years, man, and that being the the situation there, you and I, bro, we were at the first all-in. 10,000 people, we thought that was a fucking spectacle, and them taking a chance again in the same manner 
but not with 10,000, but with 90,000. And they're already blowing records out of the water, bro. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing. And the same amount of haters from the first time that they proved them wrong. Yeah. Has seemed to have not learned from that experience and have chosen to stand on this hill at the same time. That's awesome. Just just whatever. Just keep moving it. Um, look, dude, whether or not they do a complete sellout, I don't know. Do I believe so? Yes, entirely. But if they don't, man, if they sell Who cares? one seat less than a complete sellout, those people will still be sitting there waving their flag. See? Yes, we got them. We got them. They're not better than Nikon. Jesus, dude. They, they, they get off on it. They get off on it. If everybody in AEW just fell off the planet tonight, they'd be happy. Like they were offended by this company somehow. Like, what is the problem? Like Tony Khan stole their lunch money. Seriously. Well, you know, Tony Khan, uh, he, if there's one thing, bro, that he does that he takes great pride in, this man is an analytical fucking beast. This guy's at the post-show scrums, man. The, the ones that I've been fortunate enough to be at. This guy's pulling fucking numbers off the top of his head. Fucking quarter-by-quarter quarter ratings off the top of his head, man. This guy's like a fucking AI bot. You, you ask him something, man, he's got it ready and, ready and uh, available right there, right off the top of his head, man. It's fucking, it's actually amazing to see. So, this ESPN analyst, Mike Coppinger, he tweeted... About All In, and I guess that uh, he goes hand-in-hand uh, hand with these trolls out there. I guess he wanted to try his hand at how good he control AEW. He says, and I quote, hearing Wembley is scaled for only 40K for AEW. Oh, well, clearly that can't be the case. They sold 43,000, you fucking <laughs> geek. Far cry from last April when I was ringside for Tyson Fury and Dylan White, and it was packed to the brim with 94,000. Nothing beats the uh, nothing beats the big fight feel at Wembley. Tony Khan saw this tweet, which of course he did. Well, I don't know why why he wouldn't. And he said something about it, which I don't really blame him because I would do the same thing. He said, and I quote, "Lies! What a load of crap! Tell your agent Nick Khan to shove it up his ass." Then he says, "Since you carry the credentials of a credible reporter and represent the worldwide leader, ESPN." I'm just curious, who was your source for this? And how can a reporter representing ESPN tweet something about a legit news story that's so blatantly wrong and easily verified as a falsehood? <laughs> he never replied back. He dude. never replied back, man. The guy went fucking radio silent when TK caught wind of him. Nope, he didn't stop there either. I mean, after that, he was dead. I don't know what else Tony Khan needed to add. He, he kept on that and shit. He was, he was mad. Listen, man. be happy, man. It's pro wrestling. You know, no matter what, the UK is, yes, starved for pro wrestling. And yes, it may be a little easier for AEW or WWE to sell out shows quicker than they would in the United States. But it doesn't matter. Those people are the best fucking fans for any wrestling show, any show, period, because of the energy that they bring every single time. Has any UK crowd, bro, disappointed you at all with what they've done? I mean, they're, they're, they're that loud for a fucking random SmackDown taping. Yeah. It, it could be a random NXT UK taping. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Excellent news. I'm very happy for AEW as a whole, as a team. And uh, if all things logistically work out, I will be there to share in their moment. And I can't wait.
The other thing that happened today, and this actually affects uh, my partner here and his content schedule on his YouTube channel, AEW will no longer be airing Dark and Dark Elevation after a deal has been signed to air AEW Collision on June 17th with AEW debuting CM Punk on that show as the face of the show, reportedly uh, that will be where his return happens after the all-outs uh, media brawl that happened with the elites. Now, I have said this time and time again, Jesse, and you, uh, you've you been on this show while we said it, and we've openly discussed this back and forth. Uh, AEW Dark at one point was the most important show in all of pro wrestling, and, and I mean more important than anything WWE was doing, anything that AEW was doing with Dynamite. During the Daily's Place era... And during the pandemic, Dark was the most important show in all of pro wrestling because Tony Khan was fortunate enough to own the building and allow pro wrestlers to come in there and continue to work. And work, yes. and, and, and work every single week. And he allowed anybody and everybody who had a background in pro wrestling to come in there and provide content for AEW Dark. It was truly an amazing thing. Dark... After AEW went back on the road after the pandemic and the rules were kind of laxed, you know, it, it didn't really feel the same. And it went back to feeling like it was rather unimportant and it's never really caught fire again. It was just there. It wasn't really a priority. It was more of, hey, we need content up there. How can we feed our fans content, low effort content at that? And now they pulled the plug on it, and I can't really blame them, bro, because with Tony Khan already having his plate more than full with Dark, Elevation, Ring of Honor, Collision, Dynamite, Rampage, I mean, he's legitimately doing this all by himself. He's got no creative team, no writing team whatsoever. Most of these shows are just random matches thrown together. And I said today on Twitter, this is a great thing. Nobody's really watching Dark. And Ring of Honor right now, you've been covering Ring of Honor, so I'll let you talk about this uh, a little bit more in depth. To me, from what I see on a weekly basis, is it's actually it's actually the de facto dark now. That's what they've turned it into. It's basically a dark taping, and uh, they're using that to fill the void. They're booking it exactly like they are dark, so I don't really see any difference outside the name and the logo and the ring and where they film at Universal Studios. But outside that, bro, Tony Khan's going to have Dynamite, collision and rampage to solely worry about and i think this is a great thing the, the less he has to really take care of i think the quality of the shows will see a little bit of an uptick in quality of the shows moving forward i agree i agree I, um i mean with all of that i was i dark was so good at one point it was the reason that i decided to start covering it on my own personal channel i mean it, it was never meant to be a flagship show or a tv show or a live show it was just meant to be exactly what it was and it was just to put some pro wrestling out there some content out there and it was free it was on youtube and it was at a time where you couldn't gather it or do anything so it was the perfect opportunity for something like dark to flourish where they could control the um the laws of of covid19 and and being around a certain number of people and everything else and all that shit we all had to deal with. Um, content was at a halt, and we had the Thunderdome, and then we had everything going on with AEW. And for a while, they put some effort into it. We even had a couple of stars that would show up on the show from time to time. 
And if there was a squash match to be had for said star, they would put it on dark. And it wasn't like it is now. I mean, you get the the the, um, the enhancement talent would come out and they had their ring entrance. They had time to get their stick off. They had some offense. They had time to do one of their finishing moves, something like that. Then they would go through with the squash and then they would move on. And then you had eyes on someone new. And, and usually these talents would go find work somewhere else, even over in WWE. You know, because of the time they got to spend on Dark. Um, it wasn't the most interesting show. No, no, it wasn't the most interesting show. But it was one of those shows where if you just like pro wrestling, if you enjoy going to an indie show from time to time, then yes, you could sit and enjoy Dark. You know, someone made a comment the other week that um, that I think they said uh, the uh, impact was more ROH than ROH was. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. I thought, thought that was an interesting statement because... It is a true statement. Yeah, because ROH, now that that is on uh, TK's plate as well, seems to have taken on the identity of Dark. I mean, it's literally one in the same. There's just no storytelling. Can, 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 can I, can I, I, I don't want to cut you off, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Uh, right from where you said no storytelling, I want you to pick up from there. I got I got somebody in the chat, and and, and I'm, I'm getting a little agitated because I said this on Twitter as well, and... People were like, well, if you watch the show, you, you'd understand what you're saying is false. Ring of Honor doesn't have storylines. Jesse, Je- Jesse just said it. Jesse watched it every fucking week. I tuned in, you know, every now and then. And I tuned in for like maybe 15, 20 minutes every week to see what the, what was going on. I, I subscribe to Honor Club. I don't make it known to everybody, but I watch yeah. it. So I, I want to read to you. I want to read to you some of these spoilers for tomorrow's show. And I don't really give a shit who I'm spoiling. Uh, because it's a bunch of fucking garbage anyway. Look at this. So we got Athena defeating Angelica Risk. Storyline? No, not a storyline. Preston Vance defeated Richard Donis. Sky Blue defeated Robin Renegade. Brian Cage defeated Brock Anderson. And Willow Nightingale defeated Steph DeLander, who was an ex-NXT talent. Commander defeated Angelico. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jesse. Uh, do any of those matches st- sound like storylines to you? It sounds definitely like dark to me. It's exactly what it is. Fuck out of here. you're paying money for it every month. Yeah. It's exactly what they're doing. Uh, again, you, you, said, you said no storylines. So I- yeah, there's, there's no storyline. So what I was doing was um, a live watch along. And if you've been on my channel following for the last few months, the live watch alongs, have pretty much systematically just turned into us just shooting the shit 
hanging out with the chat, you know, just bullshitting, watching some of the stuff going on because the shit was just boring. Nothing was happening. Nothing of interest. I and mean, they were just wrestling matches. There's only so much of just wrestling anyone can take before it just what, gets boring. What, what, what was that? Would you care to uh, repeat that again? I, I, I might have uh, blacked out for a little bit. What did you say there? I said it was just wrestling matches. There you go. See? This is a man. This is a man who watched it every week, folks. Just wrestling matches with no story, man. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy how these people uh, don't really get what we're trying to do here, man. We we, we don't bullshit you. No. Why no. would we and, lie to you? And and now look, it would be one thing if those wrestling matches we were getting were like impromptu Brian Danielson versus Omegas here and there. I mean. We were literally getting local enhancement talent versus lower to mid-card at best tier AEW talent just watching them get squashed. So then when they show up on TV and they have a, a, you know, a better win-loss record than anything else, they're like, how are they getting these wins? Squash matches on dark. That's boring. Yeah. That's boring. So I started covering ROH. You know, More of the same. Rampage, don't even get me started. So... That kind of brings me to where I'm going right now. Um, I'm going to answer the age-old question right here on OTS, which is, who watches Impact? Me. (laughs) (laughs) Me. Oh, man. Me. No more dark. Uh, Dark is off the uh, air. No more dark. Wait a, minute, wait, a minute, wait 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 a minute. I'm done doing ROH. That is also off my board. I'm going to cover Impact full-time. Post-show reviews live starting tomorrow night. On my channel. Join me. Zone, man. What is that? Like nine, nine people every week now, man. With Jesse included, man. Well, what's next, bro? You, are you gonna tell me you're gonna get tickets front row to go see Impact live when they come to Chicago, bro? I have tickets for when they come for the next set of Chicago tapings. I'll be there front row. <laughs> I'm going. Oh man, this guy's a comedian, man. This guy's a comedian. Nobody watches Impact. I guess I can't say that no more, man. The gimmick is dead. This guy killed my fucking gimmick. I'm watching Impact. Nobody watches Dark. Oh, oh man. Jesse's a comedian, man. The Shy Town Smart. I didn't know we went to comedy school, bro. Oh, Nobody shit. watches ROH. Listen, man. They got a I'm decent Impact. They got a decent roster over there, man. Trinity Fatu is over there now. I may actually end up watching Impact. We got to support our girl Trinity. They have. They have an interesting roster. I'm going to spend the next uh, couple of weeks getting acclimated to that roster and to the storylines, man. And right now, I'm I'm really excited about covering a show that actually has continuous storylines. Now, whether or not they're interesting, I'll be the judge of that when I get into it. And I'll, and I'll give my honest opinions on it either way. But at least there's... Stories. There is absolutely nothing going on in ROH. Nothing. Here are two guys. They're going to have a match. Three minutes later, 
here's the next match. I'm tired of it, man. It's, but, it's, well, it's I, I just, boring. I just, I just heard from the Franz Club in the chat that there were storylines on Ring of Honor. There is no such <laughs> thing. I mean, I think Claudio had something going oh, on for man. a minute. Yeah, with Eddie Kingston. Yeah, and that was built in like two weeks. Yeah, now it's over. I, oh. Kingston's hurt. I mean, it, dude, it's it's so dope. Listen, it's so man, l- listen, man, you, you gotta you gotta do me a favor, bro. You know, every time I go throw uh, go through my uh, subscription box on YouTube on Thursday nights, man, I see the lowly fightful is uh, streaming Impact, man, with uh, two uncharismatic fucking goons on there that uh, would put you to sleep faster than fucking Bruce Pritchard's Raw. Um, bro, I think they get maybe about 60 people watching every week, man. You got to do better. You got, if you're going to be covering impact, man, you got to do better. Let's kill it, man. I so, actually got, I actually got a nice little core of supporters who, are, um, who do know about this transition and are on board to help out. Man. There you so, go. Listen, listen, uh, I know I joke on impact. I know I, I got my, my one, two, uh, punch of, uh, jokes, you know, who watches Impact and how many people this week are in the Impact Zone. They got a, they got a great roster over there. And whoever told me uh, on Twitter the comment of Impact is more Ring of Honor than Ring of Honor is Ring of Honor, I actually agree with them. And that, was, they, that, was an expi- that was a very inspiring comment. Y- yes. I mean, there are stories there. There are There's continuity there. They got a great commentary team. Tom Phillips is fucking great. Don't know why WWE ever got rid of him. That was a fucking mistake if I ever seen one because we got... Uh, fucking Kevin Patrick on Monday Night Raw that I can't stand to listen to anymore. But yeah. if Jesse's going to be covering Impact, I want you guys to go out there and support him because you don't really see a lot of people covering Impact. I think Fightful's the only one that covers Impact and they do a fucking shit job at it. So if Jesse's going to cover it, you know he's going to be catching up on stories. You know he's going to be filling you, in, filling you in on what's going on there and he's going to get your bases covered. So if you guys are fans of Impact, there you go. You could uh, make him... The destination for that, and maybe that could be, as a content creator, I'm thinking about this long term, maybe that could be his way in. You know, rubbing elbows there with Scott Demore over there at Impact. Who knows? That is that is, that is partially the plan. I don't know how yeah. you picked up on that one. Yeah, well, well listen, man, that's what I would do. You, you know, um, you know our, our big supporter of the channel, um, Osakui, um, he's a big Impact fan, man. He's a big Impact fan. <laughs> I let him know what I was going to be doing. He's pretty excited to see because he... Like you just say, he would he would watch Fightful for the um, Impact review because he can't catch it when he want, when it comes on, so he catches a recap, and he's bored with it, and he will like something fresh, and he likes what we do. So the fact that I'm covering it, he's happy. So, um, I'm happy about this. I really am. It, it's it's a it's a smaller market, and it's something I think I could nail. I've already started my um on my content on the channel. I got my new setup, and I'm gonna try to do you guys proud over there, man. There you go. It's pretty exciting news. So we uh, we broke a couple of uh, stories here uh, as it pertains to the OTS family. Uh, Jesse and I, right now, uh, if plans go the way that they need to, we'll be in London for all in. Meet and greet over there for you uh, fine folks over there. And uh, I got to see how many uh, English uh, brown ales you guys are going to be buying us over there. Uh, I'm a big Newcastle fan. So uh, if Newcastle's a thing over there, send them on over. And uh, Jesse's going to be covering Impact on Thursdays. When is that starting? This Thursday? You starting, you starting yeah, tomorrow? It's starting tomorrow night. Oh, I'm going to go God. live after the show and do a post-review. Uh, Robert Hurt was asking, how much does it cost to watch Impact? Um, interesting question. If you have access TV on whatever you use for your live television, that's the channel that it's on. If you don't, here's the awesome part. It does cost. 
You can buy it on YouTube. But it literally costs $1 a month. $1 a month. For $12, you could buy Impact for the year. Wait, what are you talking about? It's $1 a month. To watch the weekly television shows on Impact. If you don't through, have through, 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 through their app? Through YouTube. Through YouTube. Oh. Yes. Go to their YouTube channel, Impact on YouTube. Oh. $1 a month. And you get to watch all of their fucking content. There you go. There you go. Impact is uh, making waves with that signing of Trinity. So I, I may actually watch that to see when she debuts, man, because, uh, you know, I'm a fan of uh, how she handled herself. Uh, which, by the way, uh, she talked about it on Busted Open Radio, Jesse. R- remember when Remember when all the fucking journalists in the IWC were like, oh, Mercedes is a bad friend. You know, and they all did the smear campaign about Mercedes and blaming Mercedes for Trinity walking out. You know, she she said it herself today that sh- she was unhappy and her soul was crushed about how the how they lied to her and how they handled her. She said she never been as low as she was in that moment, and it, it's it's amazing, bro. How how many how many people? I, I I wonder who said to everybody, "Well, why are we all smearing Mercedes when Trinity?" could have easily been the one to walk away first and Mercedes followed Trinity and not the other way around. Like she, like that woman didn't have a reason to walk out on her own. Why did it have to be Mercedes? Exactly. I don't know. What, what, what's, what, what, I don't hear those people today. I, I exactly. guess she shut everybody up, huh? I mean. It's unbelievable. You know, the, the, ones, the ones who do not talk about their personal business at all I'm like complete radio silence. And then when they finally come out and say something, when they do, you listen and you believe it. Yeah. You believe it. I mean, because look, you have heard nothing. Remember when you heard nothing from Regal? Then he spoke. Yep. Everybody shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Moxley, when he left the E, he said nothing. When he finally showed up and did a podcast, everybody, oh shit. Okay. Well, there you go. And then recently with the brawl out, he, he said nothing. And now he spoke sort of. You know, but the thing is, and Trinity was the same way. So was Sasha. You don't see them at all speaking at all. You'll never hear Mercedes you do, speak. You know, you'll never hear Mercedes speak anything personally. Ever. No. no, she doesn't. I mean, so when she speaks, Trinity, and and she finally says how she felt and what happened and everything else, I tend to believe her. You know, so I mean, the woman sounds like she just she she she, she did not like how she was spoken to over there, and that that goes a long way especially coming from a company that's now being sued for racist storylines and the way they treat people and all this other nonsense and everything else. Uh, I tend to believe her. So I'm glad she's happy over there. Um, And I think this just lines up with everything else going on for me. I'm happy to join and follow her journey along with everyone else. I mean, everyone keeps saying how how the knockouts division and impact is the best women's division in pro wrestling. Well, I fucking love women's wrestling. I'm going to go check that shit out, man. There you go, and uh, people are saying that her promo is, is indeed tomorrow night. So I may have to, I may actually have to tune into that to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow so. they um we we start getting the Chicago tapings, so we're gonna uh, see everything they filmed here. Y- yes, uh, everybody does owe Mercedes an apology. Ryan Sat knows Mercedes an apology. Sap owes Mercedes an apology. They all reported the same thing. They all reported the same thing. Oh yeah, it's Mercedes' fault. Oh yeah, it's uh, Mercedes who forced uh, Naomi to walk out of the WWE. Yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. Sure, whatever, man. Sure thing. Meanwhile, I got uh, I got the scoop fucking before anybody did, and I can't say shit. So it is what it is. Um, 
yes, that's all the news that I got there for you guys. And uh, we're going to get into the Dynamite uh, actual post-show right now. And I got to... I gotta, I gotta shout out my guy. It's been long enough. Nick motherfucking Williams with a $100 super chat. He says, who forgot to tell me it was a bomb party? What would you do if Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns is not the plan for SummerSlam? I'm excited for double or nothing, but man, this Cody-Roman rivalry has the IWC split. Thank you, Nick Williams, for the generosity, brother. Um, appreciate you very much. Happy to have you here as always as a part of the OTS family. Um, what I'm thinking with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, uh, if it's not the plan for SummerSlam, I was actually talking about this one with my best friend, uh, today and we were going back and forth on what we would do. I think it should end at SummerSlam. I think waiting till WrestleMania is too long, but knowing WWE, I think they will drag this out till WrestleMania. I I honestly feel like WWE is going to drag Brock and Cody out till SummerSlam. I have a feeling we're going to get more than one match out of Brock and Cody. Oh, joy. Yeah, that's super exciting, right? I hope we get lots of suplexes in the meantime, though. Oh, yeah, we're going to get suplexes. Oh, nice. Cody's going to suplex it. We're going to get suplexes. We're going to get F5s. And that's the extent of it. There we go, man. A Cody cutter. A Cody cutter. A disaster kick. A disaster kick. Four crossroads to take down the beast. We're at crossroads number 47, guys. Ridiculous. And Brock is still kicking out. Ridiculous. Anyway, guys, uh, thank you so much for all the generosity so far. You guys can keep on uh, getting those super chats in. Nick Williams, Billy, David, MGM, Ballin, Billy with two, actually. Uh, we got everybody joining in on the super chat party. We got William Seward as well with the $100 super chat. Thank you guys very much for all of your support tonight. It's actually uh, incredible to see. We are hotter than ever right here on the podcast. Uh, follow us on social media. You guys can follow Jesse, Chi-Town Smark. You can follow me on YouTube at JD from NY, um, on Twitter as, uh, as well. JD from NY206 on Twitter and on YouTube. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for notifications. And if you missed any of the content, make sure you guys go and check that stuff out all on the homepage. And we got more uh, Super Chats than we do likes. So that's got to change. Uh, I would love to see that uh, flipped around. We need 1,000 likes minimum tonight on the podcast. We got 540 likes right now. I'd love to see closer to 1,000 tonight for the excitement that is AEW Dynamite from Baltimore. We're going to start at the top here, man. Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Bandito, and Orange Cassidy. They are in a big multi-man tag team match here against the Jericho Appreciation Society. That's Daniel Garcia. That is Jake Hager, Angelo Parker, and... Do you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? Oh, yeah. Our guy Daddy Magic tonight, though his nipples were beaten. Yeah, man. Tonight. Uh, Entertaining opener. I thought this was great. Uh, Obviously, I got a soft spot for Adam Cole and Roderick Strong together again on television as the WWE. I'll never forgive them for... Passing on the undisputed era on the main roster. Now it's Tony Khan's uh, bundle of joy. But to see Roddy back, bro, great, uh, great sights. Him and Adam Cole. Can't wait till Kyle O'Reilly is 100% healthy and he gets back and we see uh, the band or at least three-fourths of the band back together minus uh, Bobby Fish. But seeing them together was uh, all that I really needed out of this match. And the babyfaces won here. 
and the Jericho Appreciation Society was on the losing end. Entertaining match, but, you know, Tony Khan's got his thing, man. Every single, what is this, eight weeks in a row, Orange Cassidy is like the de facto open for Dynamite every week. Yeah. It's, it's, it seems to be his thing, man. Come out and get started with an OC match. Yeah. Seeing Adam Cole in there was a great thing as well. And uh, Roddy uh, looked like he hasn't missed a beat coming out of the WWE Performance Center and that fucking hellhole known as NXT. Um, so we got the babyfaces winning here. Cassidy outsmarted Angelo uh, Parker and Matt Menard uh, with his hands in his pockets. Garcia blindsided. JAS took control. Cassidy hit a stun dog millionaire, which I, I, it must have been a botch or something. It looks like they got lost in translation. Menard kind of landed on his shoulder instead of taking a full-on stunner there. Strong made the hot tag. He was throwing out backbreakers and chops to everybody. Big angle slam on Jake Hager. That netted him a two-count. Strong avoided Menard and Parker's finish. Tagged in Orange Cassidy, and he was locked in a Garcia sharpshooter as soon as he came in. Adam Cole took out Garcia with a shot to the face. Match broke down with all uh, everybody in the match hitting all big moves. Garcia kicking out of a beach break by Cassidy. Blind tags were made to Parker and Strong as Cassidy and Bandito hit double dives on the outside. Strong popped Parker with a jumping knee. Cole lowered the boom. And that was it. One, two, three. Uh, I failed to mention that Jericho... He did come out with his guys and then sat on commentary. Jericho was out like a, like a mastermind wearing the infamous Britt Baker t-shirt that went viral on Twitter for all the wrong reasons because fans claimed that AEW was supporting domestic violence. Now, which we know is not the case. Double but, down. But Jericho doubled down on the shirt. He was wearing it tonight. And that's exactly the context of the shirt and how it should have been used. It should have been used solely for television instead of putting it online to be sold. Now, I I may have a different take than Jesse, and Jesse may have a different take than me. But I said, bro, uh, the shirt is just fucking ugly. It's ridiculous. I would never wear such a thing. I just think it's a fucking hideous looking shirt. I would never wear a shirt with somebody's mug like that, especially a fucking female that's sporting a black eye. I would never wear the shirt because it's just disgusting to look at. Uh, yes, I don't want people looking at me from what I'm wearing, and I don't want people to interpret me, the people that don't know me anyway, to interpret me as, well, why are you wearing this female on your shirt with a black eye? Who is she in relation to you? You know, I don't want people to think I'm something that I'm not. And, and the thing is, Jesse, the shirt does not, does not give off it's a pro wrestling shirt. Yeah. You know, you got AEW in microscopic letters at the bottom of the fucking shirt in their AEW font, but nobody knows. How many fucking people know what AEW is? Like, if you wear this shirt to a show, you know, you're know you going to know who it is and what it is. But if you wear this shirt out, hanging out in the streets of fucking whatever city you're living in, people are going to look at you cross-eyed. Like, what the fuck are you wearing? Now, you could wear the shirt. You could wear the shirt, buy the shirt, whatever, do whatever the fuck you want to do with it. It's fine. It's your money. But you wouldn't catch me dead wearing that fucking thing. And they should have saved it solely for television, like the outcasts did and Jericho did tonight, used it to troll Britt Baker. And I said, you know, Soraya did the same thing. She chimed in defending Britt Baker. They all have this high and mighty attitude. Like, why Why do you expect everybody to know who the fuck you are? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I, I think I see the problem on both sides. The, the, the shirt, had, there's no reason to release that shirt to the public if I'm... 
if I'm a promoter, if I'm TK, I'm looking at this, I'm not approving the shirt. No. I mean, not not to go out and, and sell. I mean, what are you going to do? Put that out in the concession stands for the kids to ask, why does she have a black eye? You know, but whatever. I mean, but here's the bigger thing. I'm also not going to go out and complain about it. I'm just not going to buy the fucking shirt. Yes. I'm just not going to buy the shirts. There Let are, me complain online about it. Yeah. There are plenty of shirts that I find hideous, ugly, unappealing, just uninteresting. I probably wouldn't have put that one out, but I don't go and complain about it. No. I mean, just whatever. I mean, but the but that that that's where we are today. Everybody needs us. Well, we don't like it, so we complain about it. I mean, I, that part I don't get. And if, for people who like, well, you complain about this show. No, we come here to review this show. We don't come here to review T-shirts, nor, nor does anyone else. So I just don't buy the shirt. I don't understand the big fucking deal. If nobody buys it, it sells nothing, it goes nowhere, then they'll remove it, then you'll never see it again. Now, the complainers just made the shirt iconic. Yeah, I mean, there there have been similar shirts that AEW have put on sale. Um, and Britt Baker mentioned, well, if this was any of the guys on a shirt, I don't think that'd be a problem. Yeah, let me tell you something. Those shirts were fucking ugly, too. Like, I would never wear... Something like that. I mean, WWE had all the opportunity in the world to wear Becky Lynch on a fucking T-shirt with her bloody nose yeah. after Nia Jax broke her face. Did WWE put that on a fucking T-shirt to sell? Because that would have sold millions, I'm sure, yeah. in the height of her popularity. Put it like this. Put it like this. For for those of you who want to say this shirt is not great for supporting women and and things of that nature, Britt Baker is getting paid off of the sales of this T-shirt. So if you want women to go out there and make money in the pro wrestling business, let her sell her fucking shirts to yeah. people who want to buy them. Who gives a shit? She's getting paid from the people who want to buy the shirt. And if they want to go out and have to answer questions as to why this shirt exists, explain it to them. If you don't want to explain it to them, let them go look it up. Let them find out what it's really about. But in the meantime, this is putting money in Britt Baker's pocket. So how can you be mad at that? And I don't know where I don't know where the people got the the companies def- uh, defending or supporting s- domestic violence. I don't know. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Like, what what type of narrative is that? Who came up with that? Whoever said that? Whoever originally took out their phone or their keyboard and typed that? They knew. They knew. And here's the thing: we just c- came off of talking about people who complained and ridiculed and poked holes in AEW selling forty five thousand tickets. They knew when they wrote that message that that wasn't true. They knew that AEW wasn't going around promoting domestic violence. They knew that, but they just wanted to put the narrative out, and there it is. Yeah. I Listen, you guys want to go buy the shirt, go buy the shirt. But uh, the only shirt that I really, and I don't own it, but the only shirt that really made sense as far as that type of design, which I think is lazy and just fucking, you know, just uh, uncreative as possible, Orange Cassidy got a, a plain white T-shirt with his fucking face on it like that. That's the only shirt that I actually approve of with that type of design because it, it fits who Orange Cassidy is. Like, I'm too lazy to do anything. I'm too lazy to come up with the design. Just put a fucking, just put my face on a goddamn T-shirt. That's it. a very lazy design. Very lazy design, and he's a very lazy character. And it was yeah. the number one shirt on pro wrestling tees for, for months. Yeah. For months. But he wasn't, you know, in the shirt with a black eye. He wasn't bleeding. He wasn't missing a tooth. You know, he wasn't all mangled and deformed, but they, they got to be careful. They got to be careful. Why? Why? Is it because, so is it because it's pro wrestling 
would it be a problem if a female UFC fighter put out a T-shirt of her winning her last match with her arm raised by the ref and the other woman on the ground and she has a big black eye? Would it be a problem then? Well, wait a minute. Britt Baker had the same shirt. Remember the match with Thunder Rosa? They put that iconic that, that iconic image of Britt bleeding with her fucking bleeding. The, her, her, the blood in her teeth and blood. Nobody complained about that one, though. No. Why are they no. complaining about this one? Because it just, the way that Britt Baker looked in the photo, it just looked like a female taking evidence photos for a police yes. officer from a domestic violence. Yes. That's, that's what it looked like. And that's what it will look like to anybody you walk down the street crossing or passing right. by. That's what they're going to look at. And they're going to look at it like, what the fuck is that? Is this guy all right? This guy, is, is this guy dangerous? Like, is he, is he an abuser? Nobody wants to be labeled that. The, but then at the end of the day... If those people are asking those questions, look, at the end of the day, TK is getting what he wanted. People are talking. Listen, there's a, there's a, I'd, I'd maybe buy a Stone Cold WrestleMania 13 shirt where he's bleeding in the sharpshooter. Yes, because it's an iconic fucking moment in history that will be remembered forever in this realm. Britt yeah. Baker is not Stone Cold Steve Austin, and, and she hasn't had a Stone Cold moment ever. So, I mean, yes, I'd buy that shirt because that's one of my favorite matches ever. But Britt Baker's not Stone Cold, so we can't really go and, and make that that comparison and, and make it fair. Yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it looks like the the shirt is an easy target for all of the SWJs to to jump all over, and that's that's the only thing that's happening here. If people would have ignored it, nobody would care about this. Shirt. May, may, maybe maybe if they put something on the shirt that resembled wrestling. Maybe people yeah. people wouldn't be. I don't know. Put put the word wrestling on the shirt. Wrestling. This is what happens when you wrestle. Or, I would re-release. I would re-release the very same shirt and then fill in context on the back, like obnoxiously. I am a female professional wrestler. I got this injury wrestling in a ring and not the. I mean, just obnoxiously put it on the fucking back. You know. I mean, but this is this this is one of those controversy creates cash issues because this is only going to sell more shirts. It's probably only going to sell good for more them. Shirts. I don't like it. I don't give a fuck. You want to wear it, you wear it. I'm not. I know. I know what it is. I'm not going to question you. But yeah, don't don't fine. don't don't expect to get fucking pleasant looks when you're out. Maybe you don't really give a shit about that. But I wouldn't wear it because I don't want to be labeled something I'm not. It's 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 all bullshit. And and Britt Baker. Uh, hi, Brittany. Hi, Brett. How you doing? How you doing, honey? The, the I, I like that, that Brit- one. Brett, I love that one liner. By the way, to uh, Chris Jericho, bitch Jericho. I love it. I thought that was great. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I I think she went too hard trying to defend it. You, you just went too hard. This is another one of those things. Just ignore it and just watch the sales of the shirt continue to roll in. I wouldn't argue with it because here's the thing. On a certain level, the people that complain about it, depending on who it is and what their reason was for complaining, on a certain level, they have a point. They have a point. It doesn't mean they're 100% right about it, but, I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. They have a point. So instead of trying to minimize their point as far as maybe they're themselves were domestic violence victims and it, and it struck a nerve with them, they have a point. So don't so don't minimize their concerns, but you can't ignore it and continue to just sell the fucking shirt. So don't make people feel bad for trying to do what's right and sticking up for what the perception of domestic violence could be. Just leave it alone because you did nothing wrong. You're going to make money on the shirt. Just let it sell or not. That's it. Yeah, I agree. 
After the match is over here, this uh, big eight-man tag team match, Adam Cole charged at Jericho, who was on commentary, and tackled him and uh, speared him through whatever uh, little uh, commentary background that they had over there. And security ran up and pulled Cole off of Jericho. Jericho yelled, he's a menace! He's a menace! And that was the way that segment came to a close. So we got... um, this feud building nicely to double or nothing. And uh, this was not the last that Jericho was uh, being tortured here by Adam Cole and company. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, Renee, we go from Jericho to Renee Paquette. She interviewed Jungle Boy, Jack Perry and Darby Allen backstage about their match with MJF and Sammy Guevara. She asked how they're feeling about teaming together. Jungle Boy said he and Darby don't like each other much. But they share some things in common. He says they were both there from day one and have busted their asses and neither of them have main evented a pay-per-view. He says they changed that tonight. Darby says they will walk into double or nothing as number one contenders and one of them will walk out with the AW title. Tonight is showtime. I like the dynamic between Jungle Boy and Darby Allin. It gives me, um, it, it gives me, I don't want to say fight forever feels, but it, it definitely gives me a clash that you could definitely see on a bigger stage somewhere down the line, maybe three, four, five years from now. Darby comes off like a dick. Good. I like it. So do I. I think that's the most character. He comes off as a dick. It's the most character he's shown in his entire AW run. Seriously, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if this was intentional, but, and I get the vibe he's supposed to be trying to give off. Like, you know, I'm not sure if I can even trust you because we could potentially be opponents and everything else. But, in the course of how he delivered this message, he's coming off as a dick, man. And I really kind of enjoy it myself. It's, it's, it seems like it, it feels like it almost plants a seed for an eventual Darby Allen heel turn. And I'm talking eventual because this guy is a is a strong baby face, man. I mean, he's beloved by the kids, so I don't see it coming in anytime soon. But man, I I, I can I can. I can feel out a good heel, man, and I see it in Darby. He's he's coming off as a real dick right here. Well, they don't like each other, bro, but they have the team tonight against MJF and Sammy Guevara. You know what that means, man. Can they, can they coexist? Can they coexist? Can they coexist? The typical, what are we doing tonight, Bruce? Oh, maybe we'll do a can they coexist, Vince. <laughs> That's great, pal. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now we got Tony Khan doing Can They Coexist? You believe this shit? I thought we hired a new administrative coordinator, bro. I mean, I can't deal with this shit anymore. You got to get you got to get better, man. Come on. You're making these new hires. Well, they said he'd be backstage tonight. Maybe he's just doing his paperwork for human resources, bro. You, okay. you got to put out the W-2s. Pushing some pens up. and filing some yeah. papers and getting some scones for the office. I get it. I get it. You got to pass the piss test. You know, you got to do all that shit, man. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, that was coming up later in the show. Then they cut to security dragging Adam Cole out of the building. And Jericho was there yelling at him. Britt Baker runs up and starts shoving Jericho. She slapped him in the face, called him a coward. And Jericho was yelling at him, get him out of here, get him out of here. And and Britt Baker called him bitch Jericho. (laughs) That was basically it. I I actually like, man, I, I like the addition of Britt Baker in this. It gives... The entire feud a little bit more of a personal feel because Jericho's feuds have basically been strategically planned. Him getting somebody else over and then they feud with the JAS and then they got to go through all the JAS and then they got to get to Chris Jericho. 
It's a nice deviation by adding Britt Baker to this, and I quite have, I've quite enjoyed this so far, making it a little bit different than what Jericho's done with his past few opponents, man. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, and you know what? Because because I like having the creative juices flowing, creative juices coming soon. That should be a name of a show, right? Creative juices. So so what a minute, you're, 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 you mean that the, you're, you're titillating your creative juices? Making my nipples hard, bro. Oh, listen, uh, nobody's nipples gets hard around here except for Daddy Magic, bro. Except okay? Daddy Magic. Oh, That's it. Okay. That's it. So, Britt Baker is supposed to be having her friend Jamie Haters back in this whole outcast situation, but now Britt Baker is busy trying to deal with Jericho and the JAS and defend her boyfriend and everything else. So Jamie Hayter is going to be left in the wind when she thought that Britt Baker had her back, but now she's her, 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 her time is split. So this to me feels like it could be the catalyst right here to start the rift between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. We'll see. I mean, that's the storyline. That's the big storyline. I mean, unless Thunder Rosa comes back and we get something with them. Uh, right now, that, that's the money feud. Is that's Britt the money Baker feud right now. Yeah. Hayter, yeah. Yeah, you could put that on the shirt. You could put that on the shirt. Courtesy or brought to you by Bitch Jericho. Right there on the <laughs> shirt, you know? He's the one who facilitated it all. Oh, so. God. Brian Danielson. He was backstage with John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio. Danielson says that he always thought it was egotistical of a certain legendary wrestler saying he was the best there is, the best there was, and the best... There ever will be. Uh-oh, we're what throwing we're throwing Bret Hart shade out here, man. I love it. What an asshole. Danielson said that offends him. He said the best wrestler in the world today, and if it's not him, it's one of these guys standing behind me. He says because of what they built, there will be a wrestler better than him someday. He called Yuta a little shit, and he said he hopes he becomes a better wrestler than he ever was. He said that's the difference between them and the elite. He says they push wrestlers to be the best and want AEW to be the best wrestling company ever, and they'll do whatever it takes. Moxley says they're they're blades of iron sharpening each other. He says they are not bullies. He said the elite were once on the cutting edge of pro wrestling, but he's not sure if that's the case now. He challenged Omega to a steel cage match next week on Dynamite. It's official. He said 2019 or 2020 might have been a decade ago. I don't care. He said every day he and his crew get better. He says he wants to find out how good the 2023 Omega is inside the steel cage. We are going to leave one hell of a mark. I thought this was great. Man, that steel cage match is going to be fucking great next week. I'm looking forward to that big time. It is. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Listen, look, look, they could tell stories with multi-man factions here. Meanwhile, we got the House of Black on this show fucking throwing down the trio's titles. Open challenge. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Very angry at that. Very angry. I don't know where. Uh, I need more Buddy Matthews and Malachi on my TV, really. Uh, Willow Nightingale. She went one-on-one with Soraya, who had Tony Storm and Ruby Soho in there or in her corner. Uh, Soraya wins in seven minutes. Um, again, man, uh, I just feel Soraya is holding back here. She's holding back. She doesn't really look all that enthused when she's in the ring and she's looking to cut corners here and there. And she takes a bump here where it's not really a full on bump and she's not delivering a move because of 
whatever reason. I, I get it, but, you know, it, it's not really adding to her overall presence in the entire division, bro. She's supposed to be a leader, but she's not wrestling as one. Maybe she's gunshot. And I, I, I Maybe. I don't know. She suffered a, 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 a life-threatening injury. You know, but if you cleared, you cleared. You know, that's what I'm hoping, at least. I mean, you, yeah, you want to take it easy, man. I mean, you got to be careful with, with injuries like this. But I see what you're saying, man. It it, it does. It's never going to look like the original page. I mean, I get that part. You don't have to perform as well as you did 10 years ago. But at the same time, I mean, you can just see passion in the ring, and I don't see it in her. What, what, uh, what I mean if you guys are listening to me on uh, on Blue Wire or Spotify, what I mean is there, there's this noticeable hesitation in, in Soraya's demeanor. I, I don't know what it is. It looks very choreographed. Everything she does looks very scripted. I, I don't really like overly scripted wrestling. I mean, it doesn't look genuine. It doesn't look natural. I don't know. I get it. I'm not taking. I'm not taking anything. She looks great. And they look, they look right as a fact. I was thinking tonight, I'm, I'm like, this is what the uh, the Riot Squad in WWE should have looked like. These these three women right here. That's what is exactly what it is, kind of. Just a take on the Riot Squad uh, mixed with some DX and NWO uh, throwbacks. But, you know, I, I feel like she's just holding back. And I get that she had the injury and she's been away for five, six years. But, I mean, if, like you said, bro, if she's cleared, she's cleared. So if you, if you don't want to give it your all, then... What are you really doing in this? She doesn't wrestle every week, which is great, but yeah, like what are you doing? Yeah, and and that's another thing. If you if you're not if you're not if you don't have to go out and fill like all these dates and you have to go hard every week and you only wrestle like on the once a month or whatever. I I mean I think you need to I mean and look maybe she's working her way up to this I get it but I mean it seems like this is the chance to start taking off those training wheels and getting back into your groove especially since you're going to have a long stretch before you have to work again in the ring. So, but look, all we're saying, we're not here to try to tell, you know, Soraya how to fucking wrestle. Clearly she knows what she's doing. We're trying to portray what it comes off as, as a fan of watching it on TV. And it's, it's just not, it's not the same Soraya. Not only that, it's just not the feel of someone who is comfortable in their own being in that damn ring. No. It's very noticeable. After the match, the Outcast beat down Willow. Sheeta ran out with her kendo stick for the save. She gets in there. She hugs the Outcasts instead of fighting them. This can't be happening, says Tony Schiavone. Everybody thought that she turned on the AEW OGs. The Outcasts held Willow. Sheeta prepared to spray paint Willow with the green. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter entered from behind. Sheeta then sprayed Soraya in the face. It was all a swerve, a swerve of a swerve, revealing Whoa. that she swerved the outcasts. They beat down the outcast, and Sheena sprayed paint them with the green L's as they laid in the ring. Um, I guess this was uh, kind of well executed here to uh, save Willow in this, yeah, this, this beat down, but... Uh, I, I, my question is, Jesse, are we going to get an explanation as to where Sheeta was and why she's back and why she's joining the OGs against the outcasts? I mean, are we going to get an explanation? Are we going to get some uh, storyline as far as what happened there? What do you What do you want? What do you want? A Sheeta promo? What do you want? Here? I mean, what, what are you talking about? She's in the she, Sheeta. I don't want a Sheeta promo. I'd like Britt Baker to tell me what the fuck happened if that's the case. Britt Baker's busy, man. She's busy. She got shit going on, though. 
You get to mean her, her fucking fiance is. I mean, she has shit going on. Just accept what we're given, bro. Uh, so we got we got these three lined up: Britt, Jamie Hader, and Sheeta against Tony Storm, Soraya, and Ruby Soho at the pay per view. Being that uh, Jamie Hader does not have a one on one opponent lined up, I'm guessing this is the match at the at the pay per view. These six women. It has to be, man. Nothing at nothing else has been built up for Jamie Hader. So, right. Sheeta is not a bad promo. She speaks English fairly well. She could cut a promo. There, there's a severe language barrier there. I mean, she's not fucking Maki Ito. No, she's not that bad. No. Come on now. Yeah, okay, so I'll give you that. She's not that bad, but yeah. The House of Black. Speaking of bad, the House oh. of Black, they were in a vignette and they threw down their trio championships and said that they would like an open challenge. Any three men for this open challenge. And they are calling this open challenge an open house. Special rules for their matches. It includes no rope breaks or countouts. 20 seconds on the outside instead of the, uh, instead of the traditional 10. So Japanese rules on the outside. New Japan rules on the outside. They have a 20 count over there. And DQ up to discretion. It's whether you want it or not. It's up to you. So I, I call... I, how do they get to make their own fucking rules? The house always wins. The house always wins, man. The house gets what it wants. I know. I, I said this. I voiced my displeasure on social media. And the reply that I got back from the brain dead fucking geeks who can't think for themselves. What are you talking about? Oh, open challenge. They got their own rules. I'm sorry, assholes. It's an open challenge. And it's boring. The House of Black won the trio's titles. I'd love for someone to tell me what they've done with the trio's titles. Did they beat anybody? I mean, who did they beat? I know they wrestled somebody. I don't even remember who they beat. I don't fucking know. Who cares? Let me explain what open challenge means. It means that we need to establish a feud for these guys and we built up no contenders organically on our own. I I could, uh, let me rephrase that. An open challenge means, hi, we're AEW creative and we don't really have anything good for you with this time. That's what that means. <laughs> we're going to throw some shit at the wall, see if it sticks. You, you expect me, this, this is what I don't get. I shit on the WWE Open Challenges. They are fucking lame and lazy. And you expect me not to do the same for AEW with these three guys? These are three of the most talented guys that they got on the fucking roster. And this is the best you got? Give me a break. That is, that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, so who, who, who are we going to put them in the ring against? They beat the best friends, right? The best friends? And Orange Cassidy. Oh, hey, there you go. Thank you, Primo Cologne. There you go. Wow. They beat now the what? Elite in a fucking great match. Almost a five-star classic. And what happened since then? Nothing. They're lucky to even fucking make it to television. They got 20 seconds. 30 seconds. So they gave the trio's titles to the Elite to bring them some prestige. And this is what we got. Yeah. This is what we have. Yeah. They they sacrificed everything in the tag division, putting the Bucks into this trios stuff. 
Where's the tag division right now? We got FTR feuding with Jeff fucking Jarrett over at... Oh, my God, dude. They went to fucking Sandy. Oh, my... Okay. Yep, it was bad. I mean, this is this is a good show tonight. This was a good show tonight, says the geeks online. Um, yeah, House Jeff of... Jarrett and Satin and Singh. It seems ha- ha- House, House of Black need to be booked better, Okay. I don't know what they're doing with this hard brand split, but holy fucking shit. If the House of Black is in a featured act weekly on one of these shows, if there's a brand split, what are we doing? What are we doing? Unreal. We got a trios battle royal. This was a fourth uh, Cinco de Mayo. This was a Cinco de Mayo-esque battle royal to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. So this is what we're doing now. We're coming up with battle royals, a trios battle royal, by the way. We're coming up with trios battle royals to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, where the winner gets absolutely nothing. Not even a bucket of Corona with lime. Nothing. No. Not even some tacos. Nothing. I'll I'll give AEW credit for this. I entirely expect WWE to be throwing tacos and burritos at each other for their single de Mayo celebration. Yes. I entirely. Well, if, if, if Vince is in charge, yes. Yeah. So as bad as this was, I feel like it could be so much worse if it was the other brand. What was it? A Tres de Mayo battle Royal. The third of May battle Royal, bro. The most prestigious battle Royal that I've ever laid eyes on, man. Tres de Mayo. Or Mayo. Like I'm talking about fucking Hellman's over here. I get very, very drowsy watching this show tonight, bro. What 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 you you got uh you got uh, very, uh, very drowsy. Not the hobbitses. Not the hobbitses. Not the, Not the hobbitses. Listen, man, this this shit, I mean. <laughs> This shit was this this shit was just a waste of my time, bro. We got these are the teams in there. These are the listen to these teams. This is why I, I listen, man. This when we have a show like we got tonight, man. I'm gonna give you what I feel is an entertaining show. I don't even give a fuck. Uh, Tony Nice, Josh Woods, and Aria Davari. Fine, the varsity athletes. Fine. We got Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. We got two decent trios right there. Why not take them seriously? Butcher Blade and Kip Sabian. Decent trio. Decent. Look that's at these a decent te- trio. Look at these teams, man. That the House of Black could be feuding with, man. It's some storylines. You mean to yes. tell me that we got nothing going on here? Yes. The, um, Butcher and Blade and Kip. That that should be an established trio right there. Like a legitimate trios team right there. We got yeah, and, what, and, and Penelope. What was it? What, what was it? The Tres de Leches Battle Royal. Is that what it was called? Okay, sure. What are we? What are we? Titus Bakery now? Oh. Tres de, me- uh, de leche. <laughs> Sounds like something I should order at Starbucks. Isn't that milk? Yeah. Uh, we got um, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Powerhouse. He's on TV. He's on TV. Yeah, that's good. He's on TV. We got the acclaimed with Billy Gunn, and we got Lucha Brothers versus uh, Lucha Brothers and Vikingo. I, I, listen, man, I don't know who made this decision. You know, we were told that this was a once-in-a-lifetime match. This was something that needed to be done. It was, you know, time constraints on, 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 on Kenny Omega and Vikingo. And then here we are. He's on Ring of Honor. He's doing Dark. He's doing Rampage. He's doing fucking Dynamite. I mean, 
You put him you, you put him in this battle royal, bro, and you get him eliminated in this match like he's a fucking nobody, yet I'm supposed to take him seriously. Like he's in there like he's just a regular schmuck. Am I wrong? This guy was supposed to be treated as the greatest luchador on the planet currently. And he's in there, he's getting tossed over the top rope like he's fucking some no-name jobber. Before that, he was on Dark. Oh, uh, he was on Dark. Yep. They got this guy working Dark? Holy shit. The fuck is wrong with you guys over there, man? Oh, my goodness. These, these six teams are in the Battle Royal. It came down to the acclaimed, and it came down to uh, Sabian Blade and Butcher as the final two teams. So the acclaimed ducked. Hobbs tumbled over the top rope to the floor. He was eliminated. Scissor me, daddy chants were going on. Butch eliminated Max Caster by knocking him off the top rope. I think he might have been going for the mic drop. Blade then gave Bowens a neck breaker. Came down to Sabian Butcher Blavers, Gun and Bowens. The acclaimed ultimately prevailed, and they tossed out all remaining members of the team, uh, Sabian Butcher and Blade, and that was it. Acclaimed and Gun win ten minutes, and they were already teasing that they could be viable contenders for the trio championships. Billy Gun, bro, at sixty years old, viable contender for the trio championships. What are we doing here? I don't know. They were so, they were they were doing so well with the way Billy Gunn was being booked. Same with Sting. Um, it does seem like they're starting to venture Billy Gunn into Jeff Jarrett territory with me now. Why? Why, why do we have Billy Gunn and Jeff Jarrett on TV in wrestling roles on this show when you have a hundred other fucking people backstage that are not being used that should be used on this show? Why? Or, or am I missing the fucking plot hole, the plot here? What are we doing? Like, I, I, I'm I, still fucking confused about the House of Black open challenge. I mean, clearly, clearly, I told Jesse this tonight. Clearly, they could tell stories with multi-man teams. They're doing it with the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club, which were operating as trios for a little bit. Where the fuck is the story? I know you could do it. But why is it the House of Black's gimmick? Because you're always like, oh, we can't touch that. You gave Swerve creative control. His his shtick was fucking atrocious. Meanwhile, Malachi's got some say in what's going on here, and we see nothing of the House of Black. Yeah. Meanwhile, by, by the way, uh, shout out to Julia Hart. She is fucking fantastic in the role that she's playing. And I, I think she is. She's great. I Julia Hart. I've been consistently saying that. She's, her, her in-ring work is slowly improving. Nothing dramatic. She's not getting worse. She is definitely getting more comfortable in her role. It looks like to me that she that she's caught up in the flux of trying to change her move set from being a cheerleader to what she is now, which is the smartest thing you can do. You can't wrestle the fucking same as a cheerleader. No. And and, and, and as a goth leader of the fucking House of Black. No. So that being said, her in-ring work is changing. She's changing her style, but She's implementing her gimmick into her ring work, and that's where she's shining. She's improving, man. She definitely is. I'm enjoying it. Sammy Guevara, he was backstage with Renee. She said... Oh, in- oh, oh, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One quick second, though. Also, I want to highlight um, what Joey Clemenza said. I think he's absolutely right, and I think AEW dropped the ball on Billy Gunn when they did not have him turn on the claim and join his sons. That yeah. absolutely should have happened. Yes, 
that was the proper course to go for that. He should he should be healed with his sons turning on the acclaim, making the acclaim even more sympathetic and everything else, and still having Billy Gunn you know coach his sons as a tag team. It was the natural progression for this story. They just uh, it's it's amazing to me at, at Revolution that should have been the tag team match, the rematch, the yep. rematch, and Billy should have turned then to turn on the acclaimed. That yep. should have happened there. I don't know why we didn't get that. We got a fucking four man tag, a uh, fourteen tag team match that included Jarrett and Lethal and Danhausen. Meanwhile, the story didn't involve any of these four guys, and it involved the guns and the acclaimed. Then Billy should have turned. Yeah, he should. So simple. Anyway, uh, Renee was backstage with Sammy Guevara. She said, in order for him to cash the check MJF wrote out for him, they need to win tonight. MJF interrupted. Guevara said MJF left him last week and no one was in the car. So Sammy's not a dummy. MJF <laughs> says that he should have been honest with him, but he needed the space in the car to lie down because of his back pain. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> he said he was afraid to be honest with him. He says he was a horrible friend and he deserves better. He turned to leave and then he started to smirk as if, uh, you, you know, he's bullshitting. Gavar pulled him in and he kissed his forehead. MJF says he's emotionally drained. And then he perked up and says that they got their theme songs merged tonight by Ruckus and it was going to be a banger. There you go. These two guys are conning each other, man. Or MJF is conning uh, Sammy Guevara, but Sammy Guevara was going to eventually... Uh, become aware of the con artist that MJF was. Look, here's the important thing from that. Mikey Ruckus has followed me on Twitter now. There you go. There we go. Mikey Ruckus is a good dude. Talented yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. Best theme music in the industry, Mikey Ruckus. No doubt about it. Yeah, man. Good Ke- shit. Kenny Omega and Don Callis spoke backstage. Callis said, if Moxley has a plan, that's a new one meaning that Moxley doesn't have a plan and he just goes in there looking to bleed. Uh, He pointed at his scar and says he thinks about him every day. He looks in the mirror. He said Moxley might have heavy hands, but with his mind and Omega's talent, it will all come to an end in the cage. Omega says when you surround a ring with a cage, he knows better than anyone that Mox will make him bleed and he might make himself bleed. He said Mox won't be the one left standing, though. He says what he did to the Bucks and to Keshta and callous is he made it personal. Goodbye and good night. Solid promo here by Kenny. Uh, I like uh, Don Callis being serious as well, showing off the scar from that little incident a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I'm looking forward to this match. I still do think, though, that Callis is a mastermind here. I think he's going to play into that hidden hand, and I do think that Takeshita and Don Callis will end up joining the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, it might be a, it might be a nice little thing. I, I could see that happening. I could, like they can use a Don Callis without having a regal there. Yep. Um, Brian is trying to seemingly take some of that of that role on himself. Um, I don't. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident. I've seen no reports, but just my opinion of what I'm seeing. I'm pretty sure uh, Brian is taking some time away from the ring. Um. He seemed to be more of a manager's role right now. Remember, we talked about last time he lost. He said he was going home, and I said, "Look, like he's gonna be taking a break from the ring for a while." He hasn't wrestled since, has he? No, I don't. Uh, yeah, he hasn't wrestled since. He's just been in there. Uh, he's he's gotten his hands dirty a little bit. He's been, uh, you know, brawling with the elite when the time uh, calls for it. But I- I'm wondering what they do at the pay per view with these two teams. Uh, are we gonna get blood and guts early at the pay per view? I don't know. Do we get do we get do we get Omega versus Brian at the pay per view? I don't know. 
Maybe we get maybe we get Moxley and Yuta versus the Young Bucks. I have no I have no idea. That's the cool part. They do have uh, quite a few different ways they can go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that that does make it interesting, and they haven't already um, flooded our inboxes with individual matches of these two factions. You know, yes, that's something Tony Khan does very well. If this yes. was WWE, we were, we've already seen we would have already seen this six man tag team match about fucking three different four different times already. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's good to see. So when you know when they do finally lock it up, it will be somewhat somewhat fresh as it pertains to this storyline. So that that is good at least. Wardlow. Oh boy. With Arn Anderson, he beats another jobber by the name of Logan Lemieux. Don't know where they got this from or got this guy from. Maybe he worked at the local 7-Eleven in Baltimore. I have no idea. Uh, Logan Lemieux lasted one minute, power bomb, and that was basically it. So, Jesse, we are back now. This is the second week in a row that we have to be subjected to Wardlow squash matches, as if we don't know Wardlow is capable of a squash match. The new TNT champion, man. Squash matches every week, man. Holy shit, man. What, text, what a, what a great... I texted you earlier tonight when, when, when Hobbs, you know, won his TNT title... You know, the next time he had a match, what did he get? Squash, squash matches. Match. We'll put this guy in a squash match, pal. I, I mean, the TNT Championship has never looked as bad as it does now. No. This is the kind of match that you put on Dark. You give us the TNT Champion. You give us a fresh face of a local enhancement guy. Give him a fresh entrance. Have him look good. And then have Hobbs beat the shit out of him and... Less than five minutes. Oh, my God. Brian in the chat says Wardlow is becoming the Omos of AEW now. Oh, my oh, goodness. Man, that's not good. Oh, my goodness. Nobody wants to hear that. Please. No. I would yeah. never say that about Wardlow. Nobody wants to be, be Omos. You don't want to be compared to Omos. That's not good. Listen, man. Omos may be challenging Roman Reigns for the world championship. I swear to God, man, I hope I'm right on that because I'm, I'm banking on that pretty hard, man. Um, I, I've, I've listened to all of that, and I'm sitting there. I said nothing in the chat when you said it. I was sitting, I was washing dishes when you said it, and I'm sitting there like, this guy's 100% correct. <laughs> you know what's coming, man. It doesn't. He's not even on TV until the, the, the first week after Backlash, man. Who are they going to put in there against him? He is 100% correct. That is why they took and threw Omas versus Seth just out of the blue and threw it at because they because they just that was at that moment that exact moment when they made that match they they decided that it was gonna be Omas and, and Roman. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cue that clip up, man. I have to I'm gonna have to save that clip for a rainy day when that match is announced. I'm gonna be like, yep, I called it. What maybe w, get- maybe WWE should pick me up as an administrative coordinator, bro. I mean, look at look at the logic gaps I'm filling in. We don't even get anything as far as an explanation goes on TV. You know, normally I would have I would have gotten mad at you for putting shit like that out in the universe because it's so ridiculous and don't give them any bad ideas. But this one, like, he's absolutely right. That's exactly what's gonna happen, bro. Do, do, you, do you know what also crossed my mind, man? We may be at Wembley on August twenty seventh. And you may be in the same building as Bill Goldberg. Jesse is going to be in the same building as Bill Goldberg. I pay good. If you see a rubber chicken hit the ring, then you know who threw it. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you got to buy an extra. You can't get rid of fucking clucky. I can't get rid of clucky. <laughs> I got to get it. I get one from Issa. She got a whole fucking case of them. Does she? Yeah, she ordered a whole case of rubber chickens. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Maybe I got to get a rubber chicken. Maybe we can have a nice little rubber chicken fucking family going on here. The rubber. I'm, I was going to change my Twitter uh picture into a rubber chicken at one point. Now, nah, I don't want to I don't want to steal uh, anybody's gimmick, man. They got their own thing over there. Um <laughs> listen, Wardlow, he gets on the microphone. He starts yelling for no reason. Like he beat this guy, he starts yelling into the microphone for no reason. And he's yelling that he ha- that he's not done yet. He didn't break a sweat. He told Christian to bring his monster out right now so they could do this right here right now. He said Luchasaurus wants to jump ahead in line so he'd issue a TNT Open Challenge for him tonight. So Christian comes out and he insults the fans and asks the fans in Baltimore to be quiet so he can conduct conduct business. He says he could take the TNT title from Wardlow right now. He says that won't happen, though, especially not in Baltimore. He said the title shot, though, doesn't belong to Luchasaurus. It belongs to me. And that's the way the segment went off the air. So let me get this straight, Jesse. I want to. I want to forward. Uh, you know, I, I want to backtrack here before we forward into this uh, potential feud with Wardlow and Christian Cage. Um, the last time we saw Christian Cage in a one-on-one match, bro. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This guy was being lowered into a fucking ditch, into a grave, and he was buried by literally. Jack. Jack, literally. Not uh, wrestling terminology-wise, but literally, he was thrown into a grave and buried in a match by Jack Perry. He hasn't wrestled since, and we've seen nothing but vignettes for Luchasaurus and uh, changes coming, and Luchasaurus is back with a creepy new mask, and he's uh, the dinosaur version of fucking the the big red monster cane. And he comes out tonight, and he says, no, 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 it's not for Luchasaurus. The title match is for me. So... You know, the logic gaps are growing and growing and growing as big as this ditch that Christian was thrown into. So he loses a buried alive match, and then he's the first in line for Wardlow as the TNT number one contender for the title. Is that is that what I'm looking at here? I mean, can someone make like, can someone make sense of sense of this for me? I feel like this is somewhat our fault because we've gone out of our way to praise AEW and the way that they've been treating their legends. And I think that they must have heard that and decided to keep on going. Cause now we got Christian cage challenging for the TNT title. We got Jeff Jarrett running fucking rough shot through fucking AEW. Now we got Billy Gunn just going a little bit too far with the acclaim, bro. What is going on? With the legends in AEW now, can can I also can I also come up with a, a, another reason why this is just overly ridiculous? Wardlow's facial expression tonight. He, he he heard this from Christian Cage. Oh, that's not for Luchasaurus. It's for me. I'm getting the TNT title open shot. Wardlow was standing there like he was in shock and awe. Oh, 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 oh my god! Oh, how 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 could you? Now, 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 I love Wardlow. I love Wardlow. I think Wardlow's great. I love Christian Luchasaurus. I think they're both fantastic. But if Wardlow is that shocked about Christian Cage, bro, why would he show that type of body language and facial expression for Christian? Why would he be upset that Christian's getting the title match? Wouldn't you think he'd be happy that it's Christian and not Luchasaurus? Thank you. Good. 
I mean, he, he should be he should be gleaming with fucking joy that it's Christian Cage. He's half the fucking size of Luchasaurus. Well, what are you doing there? Or am I just reading too much into it? Oh, oh no, JV's overly being negative for the sake of being negative. No, I mean, my, what would you do? My word little reaction would have been, okay, so let's go. All right, great. An easier great. time for me. Let's go. What you waiting for? But why is Christian the number one contender all of a sudden? And what's with this open challenge? Another open challenge, House of Black, got an open challenge. The, I don't have anything for you creatively. TNT title and trios titles. If he's out there throwing out challenges, what happened to Hobbs? Theoretically, I don't Hobbs know. All over his shit? What happened to Hobbs? Hobbs didn't lose that title fairly. No. Hobbs should be like, I want my fucking title back. We got some logic gaps to fill in here, man. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, this is uh, this is not uh, long-term Brooking and lo- it's not very logical. It's very Vince-ish, I will say. Very. Very Bruce Pritchard-esque. Jeff Jarrett, he was on TV tonight again with Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. They visited Mark Briscoe and offered to help him with yard work as they were dressed as farmers in overalls, bro. This is quality television. Sandy Fork. They went to Sandy Fork, Delaware. You believe this shit? Papa. Papa Briscoe. Papa Briscoe said he knows Lethal is okay, but he should keep his eyes on the other idiots in overalls. Lethal challenged FTR to a tag team match with Jeff Jarrett at double or nothing. Jay asked Mark for help with strategy beating FTR. Jarrett says they should go fishing and talk some strategy. They brought out Papa Briscoe for Jeff Jarrett and Set Nancy. They made FTR the tag team champions, and we are now putting them in a tag team title match. First, right out of the gate for a new reign with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And you mean to tell me that Tony Khan doesn't need a fucking writing team? Man. Holy shit. Where is your tag team division? Where the fuck did it go? How will we... How are we looking at WWE with a better tag team division than fucking AEW? How? First off, I want to make sure this is out there right away. I think using and breaking out Sandy Fork and Papa Briscoe is phenomenal shit. Yes. This is great stuff, man. But my God, why are we wasting it on these guys? Why? You could have saved this shit for, 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 for Mark's first fucking heated fucking feud and everything else. Let him get his ass kicked and let him get his fucking just beat down and he wants to come back strong and he takes some mofos to a fucking sandy fucking fork and then do the fucking thing with Papa Briss. No. We got Jeff Jarrett out there with Satin and Singh and, and man. So this- so Mark Briscoe doesn't want to team with anybody because clearly he, he's, I mean, it's just not something that he wants to do now that Jay passed. And he doesn't want to be a tag team wrestler anymore. He wants to continue the, the Briscoe legacy as a solo act. Meanwhile, AEW has him as an advisor for a tag team giving out tag team tips on how to beat FTR because the Briscoes and FTR had three matches that were unbelievable together. And he and Jarrett and Lethal feel like Mark, Mark Briscoe is the way to beat FTR. Is that what we're getting at here? So you don't want to put him in a tag team. He doesn't want to be in a tag team, but you're giving him a tag team 
advisor role. That's the best you got from Mark Briscoe? This guy could be wrestling for the TNT title. He could be wrestling for the international title. He could be doing anything. But you got him in, in, in this ridiculous fucking sports entertainment garbage with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. God, this is so beneath FTR and this is so beneath the tag team division, man. This shit is this fucking garbage. It's garbage. It is. This is the second pay-per-view in a row now that the tag team titles are rendered unimportant. Well, where are we? We're going back. We're going literally, literally going backwards with the tag team titles. Uh, Don't know what man, else to say. I kind of, I kind of felt like the, I kind of felt like the tag team titles were just going the wrong direction when they took them off. Not when they took them off the acclaimed. When they took them off the ass boys, and they didn't go back to the acclaimed. They took them off and just gave them to FTR. Who, I mean, yes. You definitely want FTR as your as your tag champions, but my God, man, what is the rush? I say I said this before. Like, what are we? What is the rush? They'll get the titles in due time. Let us finish off this thing with the Gun Club and everything else, and then eventually we'll get around to getting the titles on you. We're signed. We're back. You're champions. Move on to the next few. Forget the fucking acclaim. Go. Like, what? What is going on? Joe, Slow down. Joey Clemenza says, please tell me TK is on cruise control until collision. He 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 definitely is, because these shows have not ha- packed a punch at all. At all. No. No, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And it's not one of those good things. Like, oh, I'm intrigued. I don't know what's going on. I'm excited. No, I don't know what they're thinking when they're booking this shit. It is not entertaining or interesting. No. You could definitely see. You could de- just based on the te- just based on the tag team division and and watching it fucking deteriorate into what it is now, to where the young bucks praise tag team wrestling going to be the focus of AEW when they were in charge of the tag team division, bro. It was thriving every single week. You you were having tag team bangers every week. Now 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 we're getting this. So you 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 can just tell by this that the young bucks and their and their creative say. Their creative input has been lessened yeah. with the deterioration of the tag team division. Hey, can you pin that for me, please? Uh, yes. Let me pin that in the chat. And there you go. I, 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 I don't know, man. I just, it, 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 I mean, look, I understand that me and my personal hatred for dealing with Jeff Jarrett in 2023 is probably a me thing. I know I'm not the only one, but even if you're TK, like why I don't understand why Jeff Jarrett needs this much of a push. He does not. You have Jay Lethal saddled with this god awful faction. My God, wasted talent, man. Come on. Stories are just fucking lacking, man. It's fucking lame. It really is. Ricky Starks, Juice Robinson, rock hard. Juice Robinson. I don't see anybody complaining about his fucking t-shirt. Nope. Rock hard. Yep. I'd wear it. There you go, man. I'd wear it on the show. Uh, eight minutes. This was not bad at all. Uh, I'm looking forward to Starks and uh, Jay White at the pay-per-view. Um, this was very good. Very good. Juice reverse whipped Starks into the ring steps on the outside. Starks made a comeback, threw Juice into the ring post. Picked up Juice, climbed to the ringside steps, slammed him to the mat. 
we got Starks eventually winning with a spear and a Rochambeau, which looked great, sounded great. Starks wins in about eight minutes. After the match, Jay White attacked Starks. Starks made a comeback. Juice pulled White to safety, and they both retreated. Sean Spears was not in the arena tonight, as Excalibur said on commentary, so Ricky Starks was out there by himself. Uh, I know it's been four weeks. I'm not going to really zing them on Jay White, but uh, no impact on uh, anything in regards to Jay White, bro. Nothing. No. We Got a main be, event guy here, and he's fucking more. nothing. No. We should be seeing... We should be seeing more of Jay White than we're seeing of Jeff Jarrett. Yes. Easily. Oh, but Jeff Jarrett's for the casual audience. And he has a tag team partner. Yeah. He has a tag team partner. Jay White. Juice Robinson. There's a tag team. A phenomenal tag right there. Imagine imagine not doing Jay White and Ricky Starks for FTR, but you would rather see Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, We have the Rampage show preempted again on Friday. This will be happening at 6.30, thanks to the NBA playoffs. Hopefully, they moved the fucking time last time. Darby Allen. um, No, not Darby Allen. We got, uh, where's the uh, Rampage? Where is the Rampage uh, breakdown here? I think we got, uh, yeah. Uh, We're getting a firm deletion match. On Rampage, featuring the Hardys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassie versus The Firm. Uh, Vikingo and the Lucha Brothers versus Will Hobbs, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo. And then Dynamite, Moxley, Omega, Steel Cage, Orange Cassidy versus Danny Garcia for the TNT title, uh, for the uh, international title, rather. And uh, FTR will be on the show to speak about the injustices on the uh, Briscoe Farm. Me, riddle me this. Creatively. Wouldn't it be a good idea to space out the the Sandy Fork Delaware stuff and the Matt Hardy compound stuff? Why why would you have these offsite shoots happening pretty much parallel? Why not space that shit out? I don't know. I wish I could uh, delete a lot of shit off this show, man. We're getting Matt Hardy to delete the firm. That's a good start, though. That I mean. That seems more interesting than what's going on in Delaware. Yeah. We went backstage for Darby Allen and Jack Perry getting psyched up uh, about their tag team match. Darby left. MJF then snuck in to talk to Jungle Boy. And he said if he cuts the goody two-shoes routine, they can be at the top of the sport. Or he can be at the top of the sport. So Guevara has never had more money, fame, or airtime since aligning with him. He said he imagined what he could do for him. He told Perry to betray Darby. He said he loves him like a brother, but he's not world championship material. Says he's offering him a spot next to the throne. Jungle Boy says, I don't want the throne. I want the crown. Darby walked back, uh, wondering what Jungle Boy was talking to MJF about. He looked very suspicious of Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy offered a fist bump. And Darby says... Uh, nothing. He wasn't very uh, pleased about what had happened there. So we are uh, still selling the aspect of can they coexist, pal? You know, it's that's listen. I don't want to say TK is taking uh, a page out of the Vince McMahon book, but TK is taking a page out of the Vince McMahon book. That's where we pair them up together before the pay per view to see if they can coexist, pal. Yeah. So we got this tag team match. This was uh, for all the marbles here. 
If Jungle Boy and Darby win, then there's a fatal four-way. If MJF and Sammy Guevara win, then there is no fatal four-way, and the main event would be MJF versus Sammy Guevara. So the match itself was fine. It was just, you know, overly predictable. And at the end of this thing, we got the world title match, a double or nothing official. It is a pillars four-way. MJF's plan blew up. Sammy turned on him, and the dislike and distrust in Darby and Jungle Boy is also another side story here going into this thing. Uh, very good. Very good match. So MJF, towards the end of this thing, didn't see that Jungle Boy made a blind tag. He locked in a snare trap on uh, Guevara, or uh, MJF rather, and, and Guevara broke it up. MJF and Guevara started uh, a big baby face clap in the middle of the ring. And Sammy Guevara jumped over the top rope with a dive out to the floor. And MJFT's doing one, but he stopped before he reached the ropes. And he basically said, nah, that's not my style, man. So Sammy jumped and MJF did not. So uh, Jungle Boy was sent back inside and spiked by an MJF DDT. Guevara and MJF both tried blind tags to steal the pin from one another. And they started arguing. MJF slapped Guevara in the face, telling him he's got to listen to him. And then he answered back with a super kick to the face, knocked him out. Perry then clocked Guevara with a forearm to the neck. Allen blind tagged himself in. Coffin drop on Sammy Guevara. One, two, three, and that was it. The show ended with the graphic for the Pillars Fatal 4-Way. MJF was furious, and that is the way Dynamite went off the air. So we're getting a 4-Way. That's the match that everybody wanted. It's the match MJF did not want, and it is the best situation here going into the pay-per-view very much looking forward to seeing what these two guys uh these four guys do uh but we have how many weeks we got three weeks maybe three and a half weeks till we get there yeah what are they going to do in the next three and a half weeks i don't know it seems like they've exhausted a lot of their creative going into this match so with a match like this going into a pay-per-view and everything else and especially one with as predictable as an outcome as this one it's not for this match as a as a fan, as a viewer, it's not going to be about who wins. We know who wins. It's going to be about a couple of things. Um, who takes the fall and how this person takes the fall and then what kind of feud can be built coming out of the match to keep everyone that didn't win um, where they need to be on the card and still interesting and relevant. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most important thing. That's the, that's the tricky part. We know MJF's going to win. Who right. takes the pinfall here? Who uh, comes out of this, you know, with a storyline to propel them into the next pay-per-view? Uh, I know you mentioned Darby turning heel. I can't see him turning heel yet because Sting yeah. is is uh, having a retirement match this year at some point. So, yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe, ooh, maybe, maybe, does he turn on Sting, though? Maybe. That's ooh. a possibility. Maybe Darby versus Sting in his retirement match. Okay. Baby face Sting versus heel Darby? Yeah, man. Okay. I don't know, man. Dynamite was uh, it was very lacking tonight. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't terrible, but it, it is nowhere near where they need to be. And for all the people like, oh, I liked it. Oh, it was a good show. I mean, come on, man. You listen to us. You're gonna get the lowdown. You're gonna get the fucking scoop. You're gonna get the whole the whole shebang. Uh, if you missed this week, you missed nothing. Honestly, you no, missed nothing. We 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 never bash AEW. No, no, no. We 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 are never critical of AEW. Never. No. Where's Swerve? I don't know where Swerve is. Maybe he's robbing a bank somewhere. It looks like a bank robber. I don't know. 
I was just wondering if anyone knew what Swerve was. I don't know. Maybe we should ask his cousin who just got hired by AEW. There you go, man. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast tonight. Uh, we are going to get into the Super Chats. But thank you for a great stream. 758 likes. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. I appreciate you showing that support for the podcast. Uh, memberships are open. Get them on in as well. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Follow Jesse on Twitter as well at Chi-Town Smart. And go to the pinned comment. Jesse will be reviewing Impact. It's not a watch along. It's a review. Full-blown review of Impact Wrestling on Axis starting tomorrow on Jesse's YouTube channel. So if you're into that type of thing, that's where you got to be. Yes, yes. Very big. I'm, I'm, I'm making some changes to everything, guys. I'm, I'm coming up with a whole new look for tomorrow. Um, it's gonna be a pretty big adventure for me, man. I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I'm, I have, I have my expectations for impact in the bubble where it should be. Okay, I'm not walking in there expecting greatness. I'm expecting what they're gonna give me. Yeah. All right, and, and then I'm gonna give my honest opinion of it on what they can improve. I'm not gonna go into impact and say, well, they need some pyro. They need bigger venues. They need. I know what I'm getting. I'm going to break down what they're giving us and what I think about it. Um, pretty big, pretty big. So I see I've already got about 15 new subscribers just tonight alone. I see you guys. Thank you so much. Join me tomorrow. There you go. Uh, I'm going to start off with Joseph Taylor with a $12 Super Chat. JD Jesse, two things. Your top three Sami Zayn matches and top three Kevin Owens matches. Frank is yeah, probably against each other, but uh, if I had to make some notable ones for Sami Zayn, uh, Nakamura take over Dallas. Uh, the more Roman Reigns, obviously at uh, at Elimination Chamber this year, uh, and uh, I believe there was a ladder match, triple threat match. I don't know where it was with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy for the Intercontinental Title. That was a great match with Sami Zayn. Uh, Kevin Owens, uh, uh, you know his uh, his matches with uh, Roman Reigns have all been great, and ladder match. Yep. I mean, his match with John, his early matches with John Cena were very good too. <clears throat> J Ray with a five dollar Super Jack. Congrats to TKNAW. Live Nation has reported that the official numbers are 45,000 sold so far at Wembley. Please beware of all WWE droids. Thank you, J Ray. Tony Brown with a 499. He says, I'd love to be Tony Storm's washcloth. Oh, my goodness. You are uh, a man of uh, fine taste there, Tony Brown. But you are not rock hard, though. You're not rock hard, though. That's only Juice Robinson. Uh, Tone C with a $5 Super Jet. I hope next week is better since I'll be there. Moxley knows about the Blades. Slicey. And a very happy birthday to my mom today. Happy birthday to Tone C's mother. There you go. Uh, thank you to everybody that donated 100 bombs. We got uh, quite a few of you guys. I appreciate you all very, very much. You guys are uh, unbelievable. We got William Seward. We got Billy Sizane times two. MGM Ballin. David Rades. Uh, Billy with uh, two 100. Like I said, Nick Williams. Thank you guys very much for all of your support on the Super Chats. 
Uh, Wild Stallion, 77 with three months. No better place to be when it comes to wrestling. This place hits grand slams every time. Thank you, Wild Stallions. Darius Moore with 20 months. Appreciate you, brother. Gavin Deeth with a $2 super chat. JD and Jesse, such a good show. Thank you, man. ER Sane with a $2 super chat. Midity Fatu made her mid-packed debut. Great pairing. Bro, I'm going to need you to start showing Trinity some respect, bro. Otherwise, I may have to, I may, I may have to dump you. So let me help explain to, to you guys. Well, for those who say, oh, well, Trinity wasn't all of that. She wasn't this. Or she wasn't this. Let me explain something to you guys, dude. Trinity worked for the absolute biggest wrestling company on the planet. And this company treats their employees like complete shit off the premise of, well, where are you going to go? Can't, where are you going to go? They can even say that now. Where are you going to go? AEW? They're fucking, they're, they're overstaffed. They're overpacked. Where are you going to go? She took it upon herself to take a chance on herself. And the only way that this can be successful and the only way that other of our favorite wrestlers will have the confidence to step outside the WWE bubble and give themselves a chance is if fans like us support what they do. So it's very, very, very... That's why you saw people like CM Punk backstage at at, at Impact. Now, have your opinions on what, whatever you want the guy has name value in whatever he does. When CM Punk takes a shit, it is front headline news on tomorrow morning's news shows. So when he shows up on Impact to support Trinity, that is huge. It is huge for others who are thinking about it to be able to say, well, the fans will support. Other wrestlers will support. So I think I'm going to go do it. So that's what we want. There you go. Stu Sexton with 38 months. Thank you, bro. That's a lot of months. Looking forward to the next few months of AEW. The summer of wrestling is going to be incredible. Keep up the hard work, guys. OTS for life. Thank you, Stu Sexton. J-Ray with a $5 super chat. The narrative that the WWE is only allowed to sell that many tickets has already been crushed. No punk yet. Not one match made and still almost 50,000. Yeah. And like I said to somebody on Twitter today, you don't think that man has a fucking plan about what he wants to do with that show? He is going to deliver the absolute fucking best show ever. Whether it's a surprise or two, you're going to see, you think Forbidden Door is going to be great. Wait till you see what this guy does in front of fucking 70,000, 80,000 people for their show yeah, at Wembley. No, no yeah, well, well, I don't know about that, but. Uh, Jacob Donnelly with a $5 super chat. Jesse in Wembley means he'll get to see a Goldberg match live and in person. <laughs> yes, Jacob. He's very excited. He is very, very excited. I can tell you that right now. Uh, J-Ray with two $5, three $5 super chats. I told people to stop underestimating the UK fan base. The wrestling market is hot as fish grease over there. I stand by my prediction. 60 to 75K tops. They're going to do it, bro. I'm not, not going to be surprised whatsoever. Cody versus Reigns at WrestleMania 39 was part one. SummerSlam in Detroit will be part two. And the trifecta will end at WrestleMania 40 with Cody over Reigns. That will end the story. Are people going to care at that point? Are they going to be fatigued by Roman's title reign? 
Is, is Cody going to be still over as much as he is now? I don't know. All these questions are legit. No worries. WWE is great at booking baby faces. Yes. Yes. Everybody's so fucking uh, confident. When was the last true babyface champion that WWE really put stock into? Nobody. No, nobody, nobody has an answer? John Cena, maybe? <laughs> sort of like Roman Reigns. But yeah. The script keeper, uh, I'm sorry, uh, J-Ray with the last fight I'll Super Jay. Jesse reviewing Impact is hilarious. He needs to focus on his taco recipes for Goldberg once he arrives in AEW. The script keeper with a five dollar super chat. Jesse, did you say you're doing impact post shows or watch alongs? Post show, I'm there. It's gonna be a post show, script keeper. It's gonna be a legit review. Legit review, post show live, guys. Basic with a 499. I watched Jesse's impact review. Well, you got the chance to do that tomorrow. Appreciate it. Tony Brown with a 199. Jesse, I watched the boot the booty meat on impact. Alright, uh, man. Bro. Tony Brown will I'm be there. Sure Tony Brown is in heaven. Tony Brown will be there. Hey. Omega Con with 15 months. I'm in and out running errands. Dynamite number one show of the week. Jesse Rocks. JD, congrats on the CNBC interview. I pray I can go to London to meet you. OTS forever. Omega Con, thank you, brother. The CNBC thing was very uh, surprising to me, but it was a uh, phone interview that I conducted. I will not be on TV. People said I was going to be on TV. I'm not going to be on TV, though I wish one day. Uh, but way, uh, an official public congratulations. Thank you. Um, it was it was a very good interview. I was as professional as professional can be. I consulted with Jesse beforehand. I consulted with my management team beforehand. Uh, everything that we said about Vince McMahon and the lies and the bullshit was all said in the 20 minutes that I had, and it was done in the most professional way possible. And uh, that will be either. I don't know if it's going to be written or or if it's going to be like a video format. I don't know what's going to happen there, but uh, soon. Because they reached out to me yesterday, so uh, it's coming. But thank you guys very much. This is huge, especially from the network, the very network that hosted Vince McMahon out there spewing all of this bullshit about yep. his return. Yep. Um, shout out to CSNBC for following through and following up on that with, um, with, with an opinion from our side of the fence and not the corporate, you know, this is all great side. You know, let's hear from what a majority of the fans are thinking. I think JD's going to represent yeah. us very well. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Omega Kong, thank you, brother. Uh, hopefully you could be in London as well if we are indeed out there. Fran- Francis Loop with a $7 super chat. First match announced for All In is a 30-man 15 AEW 15 Ring of Honor Battle Royal. Dark Elevation was nothing but the prior Dynamite's pre-show. Uh, I don't want any battle rolls at this fucking show, bro. Keep that shit off the show. Uh, and Ring of Honor titles need to be belts for collision. No, there's no Ring of Honor representation on <laughs> AEW television. I don't know where I don't know where you're coming from with this nonsense, bro. Keep that shit off my television. Hollywood guy with a five dollar chat. The TNT title is more like the 24-7-7-11 title. Yes, indeed. I I I, I hope. AEW signs are true. I hope they get Ron Killings and give him the fucking team. That would be great. That'd be that'd be hilarious. I would love it. Jonathan Masters with a five dollar super chat. JD and Jesse just want to let y'all know I am spending the first moments of my twenty fifth birthday with the OTS family. I wish you both nothing but the best and cold beverages. Jonathan, 
Happy nice. 25 to you, brother. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us tonight inside the OTS venue. Uh, Congratulations Holly- on the lower car insurance. Go buy a sports car. There you go. There you go. Yeah, by the way, bro, uh, the Mustang Dark Horse has just hit Ford, and you can build your own. I'm already I looking. Say, I, I said sports car. I hope you're not mentioning your fucking car. Okay, I'm already looking. Yes. I'm, I'm already looking into it. It's a it's a cool seventy k, bro. Ooh. Where am I getting this money, bro? You, listen, guys, you're gonna have to donate more hundred hundred bombs. Telling you, bro. And I may have to change I mean, the intro, man. We we may have to get rid of the fucking gunmetal one, the gunmetal Mustang, and it'll be the dark horse. Bro, I look, I don't, I don't like trying to talk people out of, of of their their phase, man. But if you're gonna spend that much, I suggest you go look at Dodge too, man. I don't know, bro. I suggest you go look at a Hellcat, man. I'll look at it. I'm just saying. I'll look at it. Or or how about a Jeep? How about a four x four SRT? Uh, I've uh, you got winters in New York, bro. Yeah, I know. I, I've driven, I've driven a Jeep Wrangler before. I don't know. I'm not really, you know, no, no, kosher I'm with talking about a fucking Jeep that'll blast that fucking Mustang out of the uh, fucking well. Jeep Demon, dude. Not a Demon, a Hellcat, Hellcat SRT8 Jeeps, man. Same price range. Go check them out. Uh, the Dark Horse um, cake. The Dark Horse only comes in one color, bro. It's like a. It's like a, a a midnight black or something Ooh. like that. It's like an exclusive color. That you can only that, get that, on. That's hot. I'll yeah. That. That's hot. Uh, yeah, Blue Ember is what it's called. Blue Ember. Um, oh. Hollywood Eric, $5 Super Chat. My OTS Tribal Chief, I acknowledge you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Also with a $10 Super Chat, Hollywood Eric. I can't wait to see Jesse uh, enjoy Bill Goldberg in AEW and in living color in London. Why do you guys hate me so much? I don't know. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a six dollars super chat. If Goldberg shows up to All In, can he please decimate Jesse with a spear and a jackhammer? Well, I might like- jump into the ring and decimate him. You guys will be watching that fucking show, but like, what the fuck? Just why'd they cut away? Who the fuck was that? Why is there a rubber chicken in the ring? Omega Kong with a 20 bomb. Let me retract my dynamite was good comment. Some segments were good but lacking. I don't see any wrestling company today that's killing it. If SummerSlam and All In both suck, I'm going to take the rest of 2023 off all of wrestling. All In will not suck. Uh, these shows are not going to suck, bro. I think uh, WWE and uh, AEW are going to have a tremendous August. And Jen with a 17 months in the OTS venue, 17 months down, seven to go for the Golden Mike. OTS VIP for life. Thank you, Jen. 17 months is a long, long time. Appreciate you. All right, guys, we are getting out of here, and uh, that's it. That's all we got for uh, AEW tonight. Appreciate you guys very much for hanging out. You guys can follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for notifications. Go follow Jesse at ChitownSmark on Twitter. He will be live on his channel, which I pinned in the comments section. At the very top of the comments section in the live stream chat, he will be on YouTube tomorrow night live after Impact on Axis. Full review of the show. Going to be a weekly thing from now on over on his channel. Yes. So make sure you guys go check that out and make sure you guys continue to hit that thumbs up, man. I would really appreciate you guys continue to do that. We are at 800 likes. 
strive for a thousand likes right here on the podcast before we get out of here. Thank you guys for the tremendous super chat. Love tonight. Over 700 in super chat. You guys are fucking animals, man. Savage animals. Uh, memberships are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the uh, venue with all the new members again on Friday, I believe. Or I may be live tomorrow. I don't know. I may be live at 5 p.m. tomorrow. Depending on what's going on. I may actually push that back till Saturday. I'll let you guys know on Twitter tomorrow. But uh, we will figure that out. But uh, Friday is the next review. Smackdown. And that is the go-home show for Backlash, which also I will be live for. I, I, I can't do a Saturday. Saturday's Backlash. Never mind. I'm going to have to be live tomorrow. It's fucking Saturday pay-per-views, man. Throwing everything off. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we got a loaded week. Loaded week. I should have some extras up as well. So keep an eye on the channel. Lots of shit coming. But uh, I want to thank you guys for joining us tonight on the podcast. Please. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, man. I've been uploading the shorts or the extras, I should say. Shorter shorter form content. It's all on the channel. Go check all that stuff out. Tremendous stuff. I'm enjoying them. And like I said, Friday, we'll be back in the OTS venue, man. Let me see those ace emojis before I get the fuck out of here, man. I love you guys. Thank you for the support tonight. And I will see you live tomorrow afternoon right here on Off the Script for episode 476. I'll see you guys later.